0: And let us stand on our feet here. Uh, I'm having some Holy Ghost Goose (laughs) Pump. Let's attend to the Word. Hebrews 12, verse 1. We are foreseeing We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin, underline the sin, underline it, which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us now let us read verse two together everyone one two go looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god shall we be seated for a few minutes this afternoon i'll be speaking on the subject of a common practice everybody say that with me a common practice again a common practice. everybody I didn't say some people I didn't say few people everybody a common, common practice. one more time common practice. God bless you father thank you for your holy word that is set before us as those who believe and know the truth We ask that you breathe upon us and your word. May we receive this word into good places where they can germinate. May all the honor and glory and praise be yours. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. The last part of verse 1 tells us the race that is set before us. One translation of that scripture says, the race that we have been entered for as a child of God, you are involved in a race. Christianity is called the Christian race. When we came to know the Lord, we saw a vision of the seven blood of Christ. And after we saw the vision that Christ came to die, He died, was buried on the third day, he was raised up. We accepted and we believed in Him, and He became our Lord and Master. Then are we delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. When we saw that vision, when we got saved, we have started running with it. In the book of Abraham, chapter 2 verse 2, he says, write the vision, make it plain that he may run. Because the vision is plain to us, as to what Christ came to do in the light of 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 and 4, we are now running. So we are involved in a race. Paul says it, in first corinthians 9:26, 26 he says so i run not as uncertain in other words paul used the word run to describe his christian life in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 we are told that there are many that run in a race but one obtain the price that we advised run that you may obtain so we are all involved in a race In someone at 19 verse 32 God's word says, I will run in the way of thy commandment when thou hast enlarged my heart. In Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 4, Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 4 says, Draw me after you and let us run together. So when Christ drew us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we have since then started running. So Christianity is a race and it's a race we have been entered for. It is a race that is set before us. But i wanted to notice something in the earlier part of verse one that says seeing that we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness he said let us lay aside every weight every weight and what again and the sin.' underline that the sin, the sin, which does so easily beset us it says that And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In other words, for you to run the race properly, you need to get rid of every weight and the sin. Many of us who are Christians, to one extent or another, know that there are still one or two things that we struggle with. In other words, each and every one of us have certain places in our lives where we are still soft. Some of us, we are still struggling probably with dishonesty some of us are still struggling with probably some moral issues some of us are still struggling with some financial financial issues we find it difficult to give these are the things that we call a sin, a sin. every one of us has something to one or the other degree probably that you are still struggling with an area where the enemy keeps tempting you something with which the enemy still afflicts or affects you it could be in the area of your emotion it could be anger or jealousy or envy or hatred it could be in the area of love all of this can be referred to as a thing in other words these are areas in our lives that are peculiar to us areas where we are still struggling to possess the land the giants are still there one way or the other we have not yet processed that area of our lives we are still renewing our mind in that area it could be in the area of our thought. it could be in the area of our emotion But here this morning, I'm not talking about your personal sin. I'm talking about the sin. When the Bible says the, it simply means that is what is general. That is what is common. That is what is everybody's problem. So here we are told that every weight and the sin that so easily beset us can hinder us from running the race like we should. I'm speaking this morning on... The common practice or a common practice here. This the scripture says the sin, which means a common, general, customary, every person, every place, form of sin. You know, as well as I do that when we mention sin, not many Christians will agree or accept that they have any problem with that. But the word of God tells us that we don't commit sin, but it's possible once in a while for us to make mistakes. The word of God tells us in First John 1 8, that if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That scripture is not directed at sinners. It's directed at saints. He said if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whosoever is born again does not need to be born again again. But once in a while when we make mistakes and we miss the mark we, we, we do things that we shouldn't do or we don't do the things that we should do. We make mistakes. We can always go to God. We can always go to God for forgiveness. But here, the scripture is talking about the sin that is common, the sin that does so easily beset us. Paul did not exonerate himself from these people. He said it is a sin that is common to everybody, and it is a sin that easily comes into our lives. And that sin can demobilize us. It can decapacitate us. It can stop us from being the kind of person we can be or we should be to ourselves, to our neighbors, and to God himself. And that is what we are trying to examine today. The word sin appears in the Bible and can be defined by at least five scriptures. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 9 defines sin as every thought of foolishness. In other words, any thought that does not include God is a foolish thought and is a sin. So you can sin just by thinking you can think just that thinking any thinking in your heart and mind that does not include god is a foolish thought we are told that that was the problem of the rich fool he was called a fool not because he was rich but he was thinking and god was not in his thought when his ground brought forth abundance instead of thinking of what he can do with it for god he started thinking about what he can do with it for himself he said to his soul my soul be, be at ease eat merry you have many years to do this and god said to him that night that his soul was going to be required from him the bible tells us one of the characteristics of a fool according to psalm 10 verse 4 is that god is not in any of his thoughts and when a god is not in any of our thoughts our thoughts are foolish that is one definition of sin Another definition of sin is found in 1 john 34. he said every transgression of the law is sin." romans four fifteen says, where there is no law there is no sin But when there is a law and we transgress, to transgress means to pass across. To transgress means to go beyond. Wherever there is a law and we go beyond the law, then we have sinned. Here, the Bible is talking about the sin. I want to show you this morning what this sin is. Another definition of sin is found in First John five seventeen. It says, "Every unrighteousness is sin." Another definition of sin is found in James four seventeen. He says, to him that knoweth to do good and does not do it, it's sin. To him that knoweth to do good and does not do it, it's sin. So if you see your brother naked and destitute of daily want, and you do not give him that which is needful for the flesh, but instead you begin to pray for him, you have sinned because you know the good to do. The good to do is to give him money or give him food. The good to do is that instead of praying. If you do something else instead of the good you know to do, it is sin. Another definition of sin, which is probably the last one I will mention, is found in Romans fourteen twenty three. It said, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So you can see all this definition of sin. Most of the time when somebody said he has sinned, people think about some outward physical things like robbery, fornication, adultery, stealing, killing, and so on and so forth. But all of those definitions tell us what sin is. Sin is very subtle. So Paul here realized that there is The sin that does so easily beset us. And he wanted to warn everyone. Because if this sin is not put in check, it will affect you just like any other sin will affect you. Here it says, we should lay aside every weight. And the sin that does so easily. I like that word. He said, it does so easily beset us one translation says we should watch out for the sin that easily entangles us which means the sin that i'm looking at today is a sin that entang is a common practice but it's sinful but people don't know it people don't know it because god has already commanded that we should not do it and it's a it's good it's a good thing for us to do what god says but when you do something different from what god says you are transgressing the law because the law of the lord is his word god tells us joshua 1 8 this book of the law of the law of the law of the law shall not depart psalm 1 verse 2 says his delight is in the law and in the law of the lord does he meditate day and night if you read psalm 19 you begin to read from verse 7 down he says the law of the lord is perfect combating the soul the testimonies of the lord appear making wise the simple the commandments of the lord are right rejoicing the heart so, God's word is God's law. We, are, we do something different to what the word of God commands It's sin. So, we are dealing with the sin that does so easily beset us. One translation says, the sin which clings closely around us. There is this sin that clings to us. It, it clings whether you are old or young, whether you are a man or woman, whether you are single or married. This is the sin for every person. And Christians are not exempted. And even Paul was not exempted. He said we should lay aside every weight and the sin that does thus so easily beset us. One translation says the sin into which we come in so readily. There is a sin into which we come in so readily. Some of you are sitting there now and you are in this sin I'm talking about. Some of you committed it this morning, committed it yesterday, some of you committed it, some of you live in it virtually. And it is it is a sin that is distasteful to God as any of the other common sins. Because at times some people think that one sin is greater than the other. I want you to know that God looks at them the same way. Here he says, the sin that does so easily, easily. In in other words, it is a very common thing. It it is general. It is generic. It is something that influences and affects almost everybody of every tribe, tongue, and kindred of every nativity the person that was born again one year ago the person that have been born again 10 years the person that is 20 years ago in the Lord, this thing is a common thing it's affecting the married and your married affecting the student as well as the businessman, affecting the clergy as well as the lady it is a common one one of calls he says it again concerning that scripture he says the sin which does naturally erupts us so this sin wrap us is like encapsulates us it is so general and so common And it's always there all the time to the point that it is around and about us. So this is the thing that we are talking about this morning. We are talking about a common practice. He said we should lay aside every weight because we are running. And this sin, not a sin. This one is not peculiar to you. It's a general thing. The sin, the sin means general. The sin which does so easily beset us and let us run. which means we will not be able to run except we deal with this weight. We will not be able to run and end up where we are supposed to end up except we properly handle this particular weight. So we are talking about a common practice. When we say something is common, what do we mean? The word common means that which is usual. The word common means that which is familiar. The word common means that which is shared by and belonging to two or more people. So we are talking about a common practice. The word common also means that which is customary. The word common means that which is regular. The word common means that which is prevalent. The word common means that which is standard. The word common means that which is traditional. The word common means that which is widespread. The word common means that which is well known. The word common means that which is frequent. It also means that which is habitual. That which is popular that which is daily or every day that which is pervasive so we are talking about the thing that does so easily beset us so many people will now begin to ask me and say but what sin are you talking about and my answer is very simple it is the sin of worry w-o-r-r-y the sin of worrying Many people do not know that the sin, but I'm trying to deal with it today, so that you will know that it is not something that God ever wants us to have, and it's a thing that is very common because of our life, our society, our finances, our marriage, our situation in school, our businesses. Many things happen that make people fall into this sin. Is it is a sin that you fall into easily in the business of daily living? The word worry. Means to be anxious or to be over anxious. The word worry means to be troubled, to be troubled. It also means to to it means to be to be mentally uneasy. You are not you are not easy mentally, it means to be agitated, it means to be disquieted, it means to be distressed, it means to be apprehensive, it means to be bothered. It means to be perturbed. It means to be upset. It also means to be tormented. Without any fear of contradiction, I say this and I know it that no matter who you are, something that I have known many people have problems with is with worrying. And there are usually four things we worry about. Number one, you have so many worries about yourself. Some of us worry about our academics, about our weight, about our age about our hair, about our clothes, about our shoes. We worry even about our teeth. There is virtually nothing about our lives, so to speak, that some of us don't have worries about. That is the first kind of worry that people have, worrying about yourself. What is going to become of me? What will I eat? What will I put on? What does my future hold? What will become of me? The second thing that we worry about is that we worry about others. Parents worry about children. Children worry about parents. Pastor worry about congregation. Congregation worry about pastor. We worry about others. Wives worry about husband. Husband worry about wives. Children worry about their parents. Parents worry about their children. We worry about others. At times, the worry may not be for yourself, but about somebody else, about others. The third thing that we have worries about is that we worry about things. Worry about your job. Worry about your examination. worry about things worry about your journey probably you are traveling and it's so much something that has begun to worry about your marriage you are planning to get married and you are so taken up you are so careful and troubled about it and another thing that we worry about is that some of us worry about our past some of us worry about our present while some of us worry about our future whatever way you look at it most people in this generation are not at peace they are troubled that is why Jesus said in John 14, 1, Let not your heart be troubled. When Jesus Christ was living, he left something for us. He left peace. Peace is the opposite of worry. If there is anything that most people lack, is the peace of God. That was why when Christ was born, the Word of God tells us in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, He says, Glory to God in the highest and on the earth. What? Peace and goodwill to all men. The Bible tells us in Luke 1, 79, that he may guide our feet to the way of peace the Bible tells us that is what God wants for our children Isaiah 54 13 he says your children shall be taught of the Lord great shall be the peace of your children the Bible tells in Isaiah 55 verse 12 he said you shall go out with peace and be left for with joy and the mountains and the hills will break up before you in singing and the trees of the field shall clap their hands the problem the opposite of worry is peace and a common practice is the practice of worry People are always worrying. Many of you are worrying about things that you are looking for that you cannot get now. Probably you are looking for admission. You can't get it. You are looking for admission for a particular course. You can't get it. You are looking for a contract. You can't get it. You are, you are expecting your husband to come. He has not come. You are expecting this kind of promotion, that kind of promotion, this kind of course, that kind of course, but it's not coming. And your heart and mind are so much taken over by it to the point that you don't know that what you are doing is negates what God, is said, the same that God does so easily? It's something you fall into. It's something that if you're not careful you can live in it's something that you can be walking in and living in and never really know how greater part of you have been taken over by it for a number of years i lived in this thing and it was a tormenting experience for me on a daily basis i had so many cares so many concerns so many worries so many anxieties many things troubled my man my mind was always in a turmoil whether i was in the church or i was alone or i was about to sleep or i was about to eat my man was always in a race my mind was always running i did not have quietness and peace i did not have that restful calm inner tranquility inner calm that god's word tells me is supposed to be mine i had a troubled heart jesus said let not your heart be troubled one of the things that is common to this world is lack of peace In John 16, 33, Jesus Christ was talking about it himself. He said, this thing that I said unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Things will press us into having an unsettled mind. Things will make us feel intimidated. So it's important for you to know that worry is the opposite of peace. And God wants us to be in peace. Second Thessalonians chapter three verse sixteen, He says, "The God of peace give you peace by all means, always." In Second Corinthians thirteen verse eleven, He says, "Live in peace." The God of love and peace give you peace. So peace is what God wants for us because worry is what most of us live in after Christ had gone and he came briefly the apostles were gathered together in one room confused worried mesmerized overcome bewildered and the first thing christ said to them in john 20 19 was peace fear not he repeated it to them again in verse 21 and verse 26 With this, to let you know that god knows that what we need is peace instead of worry and it is this sin that does so easily beset us We are confronted with it. We are struggling with it. It is something that is general. It is something that affects the major as it affects the minor. Now let me say this to you. God, who knows who we are, have told us that he does not want us to be worried. God, who knows what should be our lot in the land of the living, has recommended that we should not mess up or mix up ourselves. So to worry, if God has already said, I don't want you to worry, is to sin because you'll be transgressing his commandment. You will not be doing what he says should be done. I am calling on you today and reminding you that this is the sin, the sin that does so easily. This is the sin that is preventing God from working for us like he should. This is the sin that is preventing us from being the kind of people that we should we should be. This is the sin that is debarring us from enjoying ourselves, enjoying others, and enjoying God. So God wants us to know that we should not worry now let me say it like this in matthew chapter 6 you know the sermon of the month is matthew 5 6 and 7 in matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 jesus started speaking to the people he spoke to them giving them advice and commandments he spoke to them giving them instruction as our lord giver our comforter and the helper of our joy and one of the things that he said is take no thought for tomorrow. Take no thought for your food. Take no thought for your clothes. Take no thought. We are in. You are going to leave. Don't take thought. Don't be over anxious. Don't be. Don't be fretful. Don't allow such issues to take up your mind. Don't allow such issues to occupy the center stage of your life. Or else the repercussions are terrible. What I'm saying today is. God says I don't want you to worry. Now listen to this. Worrying is different from planning, thinking, and projecting. There is a planning, a thinking, and a projecting that is, that is right, and that is law, and that is duty. In other words, all of you know that you need to think before you do some things. All of us also know that you need to plan before you do something. All of us know that you need to project before you do some things. But the kind of thinking and worrying which is tormenting the kind of thinking and planning and projecting which now makes you to lose your sleep the kind of thinking and planning and projecting which makes you to lose your appetite the kind of thinking and projecting and planning which is because you distrust God and probably think that the things will not come out the way God said it is the one that is equal to worrying worrying can be equated to that disquieting tormenting thoughts which disturbs our joy in God, which, dis- which breaks our sleep, and which prevents us from enjoying ourselves, enjoying others, and enjoying what God has provided for us. Worrying can be equated to that distrustful, unbelieving thought and inordinate care for time to come that takes our focus away from God. God doesn't want us to worry. Let me give you five reasons why God doesn't want you to worry. Number one, he does not want you to worry because he knows the devil. He knows the devil will try to make you worry. God made the devil. And he knows that the devil, one of the things he will try to do is make you worry. And so God knows that the devil will make you worry. And so God tells you, don't. Because I know the devil will try to make you feel worried. He, know, the devil will show you things that don't exist. He will try to make you hear things that never were said. He will try to make you believe things that are never true. And God, knowing the devil's plan, says, I don't want you to worry. Number two, God does not want you to worry because God knows you. He knows how weak you are. He knows that you are made from the dust. He knows your frame. And he knows that worrying will hurt you, will harm you, will injure you, will destroy you. Worrying will affect you negatively. Worry will destroy your internal harmony. The word peace means internal calm, tranquility, rest. And God knows that the worry, worrying will destroy it. What God knows that worry will decay you from within. And so he says, don't worry. God also knows that you don't worry. And God also knows that you should not worry because the third reason why God says you don't worry is because he knows himself. God knows who He is to you. You may not know who God is to you, but God knows who He is to you. God knows that He is for you. Romans eight thirty-one. If God be for us, who can be against us? One Christian says, "If God is on our side, what does it matter who may be against us?" God is on our side. Psalm fifty-six verse nine. He says, "This I know that God is for me." So Psalm 18, verse six. He says, "The Lord is on my side; I shall not fear. What can man do unto me?" So God knows that he is on your side. So he says, don't worry, I'm on your side. You see, there is nothing you can do, my brother sister, that will make God want to be against you ordinarily. He is on your side. Not only is God on your side, God is also with you. 2 Kings 6.16 He says, he that is with us is more than he that is with them fear not i am with you be not dismayed i am your god i will help you i will strengthen you i will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness god says do not worry i am for you i am with you not only that god is also in you first john four, 4. for you are born to children and of our condom for greater is he that is in you so god says don't worry because god knows who he is you may not know what who God is. God is caring, He is loving, He is compassionate, He is good to all, He is tender mercies over all His works. He has made you, and He will carry you. He has called you, and He will take you into that land of destiny. God knows who He is, and that is why He says you do not worry. Number four, another reason why God says you should not worry. God says you should not worry because God understands your circumstance. In your circumstances, is not worry that you need. God, you see i may not know your circumstance you may not even know the extent of what your circumstances you may not know how terrible your circumstances are but god understand and knows yourself and god is looking at your circumstances do not worry you look at your circumstances the manager has just given you a query the admin manager has just given you another query it seems that queries are flying from every direction towards the table and god looks at you like this and said don't worry god knows the circumstances in, your, in the place where you live your landlord are just giving you a quick notice and god knows that your landlord is trying to harass you the devil is trying to use your landlord to harass you, and god is looking at you and said i don't want you to worry god understands. you see i may not know it but nothing is hidden in the eyes of god the bible tells me the eye of the lord is in every place proverbs 15 3 beholding the good and the evil second chronicles 16 9 the eyes of the lord run at two and four through the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Hebrews 4.13 We are all naked and open in the eyes of him with whom we have to deal. Proverbs 5.21 He says God God pondereth all the ways of man. Job 3.14 Does he not see my ways and count my steps? Psalm 1.6 He says God knoweth the way of the righteous. Job 23. He says, he knoweth the way that I take God understands your circumstance better than anyone Better even than you And he says, don't worry Another reason why God says you should not worry Is because God knows what will happen The end result You don't know the end result, that's why you are worrying You are just saying an exam You don't know what is going to happen That's why you are worried, but God knows the end because god himself is not just the alpha is also the end in the scripture we read verse 2. he says looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith jeremiah 29 11. He said, for I know the thought that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an end and an expectation. Proverbs 23 verse 18. He says, surely there is an end, and your expectations shall not be cut off. Psalm 37 verse 37. He says, mark the upright man, and mark the, mark the upright man. He says, the end of that man is what? Peace. So because of these five reasons, he says, I don't want you to worry. It is because you don't have a complete grasp of these five things that is why you worry you don't know the devil you don't even know god you don't even understand your circumstances and you don't know how weak you are you see if man understand how weak he is he will not do it himself some things that they do with themselves if you know how weak you are god told me one day he said sin is not good for your body Is a sin makes your body weak it's a sin is not good for your body it's not good for your body he said your body is not made to accommodate the effect and consequences of sin and god knowing that no because god knows that he's not talking about the sin, the common practice the worrying is a sin it is the thing that does so easily beset us because it's not the good thing that we should do the good thing that you should do is not to worry you know that but the thing you do is worry. You have transgressed the commandment. You, it's unrighteousness. It is not of faith. It's of doubt. It's of unbelief. To doubt makes you worry. To fear makes you worry. To be in faith does not produce worry. If you are worried, you are not in faith. If you are worried, you are not in the best of shapes like God intended you should be. The common practice is common both with those who have children and those who don't have children those who have jobs and those who don't have jobs many people are worrying themselves to death many people are going to a premature grave one man said this and when i saw it i laughed he said it this way he said i have so many worries to the point that if a new thing happens it will take me two weeks before i begin to worry about it he said his worries are so many that if the new bad thing happens it will take him two weeks Because he has so many worries already that he is doing. And to take him two weeks to get to to the new worries that I just developed. I like something another man of God said, listen to this. Oh, when I read it, Mark Twain, that is his name. M-A-R-K Twain, T-W-A-I-N. He said, I am an old man and I have known many troubles, but most of them never happened. He said, I have known many troubles. So how did he know it? In his heart in his mind world well, scientific research said this is that 86 percent of the bad things that we think will happen never happen 86 percent of them but those are the three things that kill us the things that will never happen that we think will happen that the devil tells us will happen that our circumstance make us look like will happen is the thing that is killing most christians and bringing white hair on their head that is what is making us decay. There are some people, I call them the living dead. They are going, they seem to be alive, but their internal life has been eaten up. I look at one word, the word, the, the, the word um, worry in the Hebrew. Simply what it says is this, listen to what this definition. It says to seize something with the teeth and to shake it and pull it repeatedly until it comes to pieces. Proceed something with the teeth in other words if I seize this leader with my teeth and I shake it and I pull it that is how what he does what it takes you with the pieces it holds you it pulls you it pulls you it pulls you it, pulls you. it talks at you he eats you he enters into you he pulls you until you fall apart until you come to a crumb until you are broken in pieces and you can not be gathered up that's what worry does and God says I don't want you to worry that is why in John 14:1, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. One translation says, do not let your heart be distressed. One other one says, do not let your heart be disquieted. One other one says, you must not be distressed. You must not. Which means you are the one who determines whether it's going to be or not. You must not. Many of us are like matter. In Luke 10, 41, Jesus Christ looked at Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. You are alive. Jesus looked at Martha. It was not what Martha was doing there. That was only one thing. But Jesus could diagnose her spiritual problem. Jesus looked at her and was able to give her a good prognosis. He looked at her and said, your problem is not that I'm visiting you. This is your way of life. Your way of life is that every little thing bothers you every little thing takes you like this and shakes you and rattles you and shakes you and rattles you until you come apart you are careful and troubled i can see jesus standing over some of you and pointing at you and saying you are careful and troubled about many things you allow many things to take your eyes away from the word of God. Do you know that the Bible tells us that the chaos of this world another name for the chaos of this world in the parable of the, in the, in the Sowers parable. If you read it in Matthew 13 or Mark 4 you remember, there were some seeds that fell among tongues and when he was explaining what the tongues were, in Matthew 13, he said they are the chaos of this world. They choked the world. The chaos of this world did not allow matter to concentrate on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the word was there but the chaos of this world the worries and anxieties and the chaos that matter had did not even give her time to see that Jesus was present she was just going up and down 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 she was just going up and down up and down she was busy doing nothing worry is like a rocking chair it will rock you to death and yet it will achieve nothing the thing that does so easily it's so easy I can just come to you and say ah do you know what was in the paper today they said they'll discussed you of well and immediately you are worried <laughs> oh, children you children, how oh, my children oh my work oh, my, oh. just because i said one thing to you ah did you hear that election for this year being cancelled It's going to take place next year hey next year hey hey hey, hey. You, you can't worry about that did you hear that your husband who was supposed to arise yesterday have not arrived up till now? Eh? You—it It is it, so easy. At times you are, you are discussing, you are enjoying yourself, but before you leave the place you are worried. There is salt in your mouth, you are tired, you are wondering. Because something has held you inside and is shaking you. Shaking you, that's how it is. It holds you, that's the idea the Hebrew gives. It holds you with its teeth and shakes you repeatedly until you come apart. It does not leave you until you disintegrate. In First Corinthians 7, verse 32, the early part, the first few lines says, I will have you without carefulness. I love that scripture. God says, I will have you without carefulness. One translation says, I will have you free of anxieties. Another one says, I don't want you to worry my god it can't be played out way. he said i don't want you imagine if somebody were to be rich imagine if rocky fella were to be a nigerian with all these billions of dollars there in the bank and he looks at you you are a struggling young man and he looks at you and says i don't want you to worry do you know all your worry will disappear <laughs> but do you know the person that is talking to you is more than rocky fella that is the king of kings and the lord of lords the fearless of ten thousand he who was who is and who is to come by whom through whom for whom and in whom are things. he looks at you and says i don't want you to worry if god said i don't want you if you are worried what is it and it's very common it's very common getting you are in here listen to the word of god and you are worried how you going to get up you will not wait until you get there before you begin to think about it. You are here and your hey. Look at it, Sar does easily beset us. It's it's like it's like you have forgotten that there is a God, it's like you don't reckon that is the thought of foolishness. You are sitting here in God's presence, and He in whose presence you are sitting. is not careful enough to take you to your house. You think so? That When the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 12, that the land which God has given you to possess is the land who, over which his eyes are from the beginning. 1 Peter 3, 12 says his eyes are over us and his ears are inclined to our prayers. When the scripture tells us that for this God is our God for this God is our God and will be our God from now even unto death. If that is who our God is, why are you easily worried? Ordinarily looking for a tight card there. Tight card. So yeah, 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 I can't find my tie. I remember I got there and I saw my said, I said, what did I say? I can't find my tie. That's why I did like this. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with you? But it is so easy. That's it's, us. it's so easily in tattooing. It's so easily in, in wrap itself. It's so easily entangled us. Before we know it, we are already initiated. Young people, before they know it, they are initiated. Before you know, you're left or right as a Christian. You already know what I'm talking about. And God says, "I will have you without." He said, "I want you, but I don't want you with your worries. I care so much for you that I don't want you with your worries." He does not want any worries upon our shoulder. He does not want any care and anxiety to eat us up. He knows who we are. He knows the devil. He knows himself, and he understands the circumstances. And he looks at you like this and said, "I don't want you to worry. You hear?" I say yes sir (laughs) even while he's telling you you should not worry you are still worried because you think that he may not mean what he's telling you it's so easily how many of you know what i'm saying is true it's so easily it's a common practice i mean the person who is not married is worried the person who's married is worried the person who's looking for admission is worried the person who's admitted is worried the person who's about to graduate is worried. How will I get your job? Hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey. My brother who was in the share company has been dismissed. Hey, hey, hey. My uncle who was in the bank have just been retired. Hey, hey, hey. Why don't you get there until you determine whether it's going to be yours or not? And God is too careful over you than to let you get there and not get it. He knows what the end is. God's word says in Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for... You know what we are anxious about? Nothing. That is what you are anxious about? Nothing. Hey, I need 10,000 naira. Nothing. Hey, hey, landlord is doubly uh, rent. Nothing. Nothing. And that is what is killing people. What kills people? Nothing. As far as you are concerned, it's something. As far as God is concerned, it is nothing. The whole nations of the world are like a drop in the bucket. Is nothing to God. You call it big because it's small. He calls it nothing. He said, "Without me, you can do nothing." And that is what you do without Him—nothing. When you worry, you do nothing. When you bring Him under sin, He can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. This is where the problem is. He said, "Be anxious for nothing." one trust here says entertain no worry you know some of us when worry comes we give it a cheer then you begin to think you entertain worry you give worry your morning you give worry your evening you give worry your time you give worry your energy he said don't entertain him when you see worry coming what do you do you close the door in his face why that cast down on my soul, Why that disquieted within me? Oh blind God continually. Who is the head of the countenance and your God. When worry begins to come, you will say to yourself, let not my heart be troubled. I refuse to be troubled. You worry, get out of my mind, get out of my thoughts. I refuse to, I reject you. Back your Lord and go now. In Jesus' name, I refuse to, I bind you, I pull you down. The devil you are talking about is, is nobody except yourself. No devil can come into you except you allow it. Ephesians four twenty seven. Neither give place to the devil. Whatever things you bind or not is bound in heaven. Whatever things you lose or not is loose in heaven. We must come to a point where we begin to establish you to entertain. Right. One of the says, Let no care trouble you. Let no. What means I know who let? If I refuse to allow, nothing can press itself upon me. The government has to be upon my shoulder, not the burden. I should not allow, actually the word, I remember the word worry in the Greek. You see, in the Hebrew, look at the definition. The word worry means to hold with the teeth, to shake until it comes to pieces. In the Hebrew, in the Greek, the word worry means to have a load on you, on your mind. Something pressing you down. Or to have your hands full. So you see that in both cases, whether Hebrew or Greek, they are not good. On your chest, that's how worry is you can your layariban It makes your hand be filled. When your hand is filled, it reduces the efficiency of your hands. I don't want you. if you Don't entertain it, don't let any care trouble you. Don't be anxious for nothing. A scripture we have been using the last two Sundays that I spoke to you on blessing. Psalm 127 verse 1 except the Lord build a house the labor inventor build it except the watchman watch over the city I and mean, except the Lord watch over the city the watchman work at but in vain it is vain to go to bed late and to wake up early for he give his beloved sleep peace that's what it means he gives his beloved peace in the book of Ecclesiastes 8.16, 16 he said there is one who neither day or night sleeps he said whether in the day or in the night he has no place for sleep he has more that sleep who is it? the worrying man the worrying woman the man who involves in that disquieting tormenting distrustful unbelieving thought and inordinate, inordinate care of the fear of tomorrow God says I don't want you to worry why do we worry? quickly let me give you some reasons why we worry why do people worry you may ask yourself why am i worried number one because the devil harass people do you know the devil harass you that's the way the devil harass you first peter 5 8 he says be careful be sober because you're to the enemy What it about seeking who do to devour the devil harass you <laughs> The devil harass you by what you hear. Harass you by what you think. Harass you by the visions you have. Harass you by the dream you have. Harass you by the stories you have here. Harass you by the newspapers. At times when you read this newspaper, the devil uses it to harass you. You see all the bad news that are there. Ten men shut down. Kerosene burned down building. Woman loses limb in an attempt to save child. Three men drowned in a well. And when you read it, the devil harasses you, he harasses you. At times in the night time, upon the vision of your bed, he harasses you. He comes about like someone who is going to kill and steal and destroy. He harasses you like a dog. Oh. You know what a dog does is that he harasses you. I remember when I was growing up, I was very afraid of dogs. And so when I went to England the first time and I saw a dog, a bulldog. The head of a bulldog is very big like this. And when I said, he said, mm. he didn't even pass it. Mm, and I stopped. And the man who I must say, go now. I said, can't you see that dog there? He said, that one does not have any teeth in his mouth. He said, this is a bulldog. He said, you don't know a bulldog. I said, no. He just grabbed the man like this and opened it only teeth lower fat the other one no teeth so when oh, it's oh! <laughs> over but before i knew that before i knew that before i knew that that dog was harassing me and that's how the devil is he harassed you and by harassing you you are worried your lecturer at times you harass you you will not eh, say you uh, oh lord don't make this what what well, this the project, you better go and ask who are before you. They will tell you about me. That the devil asking you. Don't worry about that bulldog. Don't worry about that bulldog. He has no teeth. Who is it that sees and let come to pass when my God has not commanded it? <laughs> Number two. Why are we worried? Because you are ignorant of the nature of God. When you don't know God, you begin to doubt what God will do. When you don't know God, Isaiah 1.3, The ox knows his owner, the ass is master's script, but my people have not known me. First Corinthians 15.34, I went to righteousness and say not, Some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. When you don't know God, you worry. God knows himself. And because he knows himself, he looks at you and says, I don't want you to worry. If you don't know God, God knows himself. If you deny God, he cannot deny himself, you are very at If you don't know God, God knows himself. Most of our worries are based on the fact that we don't know who God is. We don't. If only you know that he's caring, loving, compassionate, merciful, ever giving, never stopping, ever ever liking. When you don't know God, when things happen, you shake, you tremble. Number three, why do we worry? Another three, why we worry, the reason why we worry is because of the atmosphere of the world. The atmosphere of the world. The Bible says in Luke 21, 26, Men's hearts shall fail them for fear. For looking upon those things that are coming to pass in the world. Because the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Many of you are troubled because of the economic state of this country. You read in this paper that sanction is against this country. God who protected Elijah and kept that widow alive will keep us alive in Jesus' name in famine according to psalm 37 19. god will satisfy our soul according to psalm 3 verse 19. god will keep our we keep us alive in famine no matter what happens to this country god has some people and god will set his people on the rock that is higher than them then shall their heads be lifted above their enemies round about go we satisfy our mouth with good things and renew our youth as the eagles god is for us i believe god that it shall be according to how it is in the bible they were destroying children in the days of Moses, but Moses was not destroyed. In the days of Jesus Christ, people were being killed, children were being killed, but just Christ was kept alive by a determinate counsel of God. But for those who worry about the political situation, about the social milieu, about the economic circumstance, you have no place in the things of God. But if you shake up that worry and remove that sin from your life and begin to believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established and begin to believe his prophet that you shall prosper. Because in the land where Isaac sold in Genesis 26, there was a famine in the land and Isaac sold in that land that same year and God gave him a hundredfold return and God blessed it and he Went forward and increased until it became very good in the time of famine in a strange land. I'm not bothered whatever is going to happen, let it happen though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried away into the midst of the sea, our God is a help for us He who has made us will carry us He who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous land we take us into the promised land that flow with milk and honey we have left Egypt, we are on that journey to the promised land, and surely we have sure that the source of our fish shall touch they are ours, and thank God I believe it shall be as it was told me I am not going to perish with them in the wilderness of this country and I am not running away either so don't think because I'm saying this problem, I'm trying to escape. No, I'm going to stay here because this is the land of God. The earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof. Earth. The, earth, the heavens belong to the Lord our God, and the earth has been given unto the children of men. And I know in this land, in this nation, we shall still arise as a people and still prosper exceedingly because God is the source of our prosperity and not any commonwealth nation or United nation. God is the source of His own people's blessing. Can I have an amen? Yeah. don't read those things and believe in it believe in the word the bible says the lord's portion is his people jacob is the lot of his inheritance psalm 47 verse 4 he said he will choose our inheritance for us the excellence of jacob whom he loved that is me according to jeremiah 31 13 he says he has loved me with an everlasting love he loved me and he has called me by his name since you are precious in my sight therefore how about you're horrible you're you're horrible therefore i I love you therefore will i give things for you and for your life but at times we worry because of the political social milieu economic situation of the country your situation makes you worry the circumstance of this world. But you know you are supposed to live in this world based on heaven's provision. But my God, supply my need. I'm living on heaven and I earth as if I'm living in heaven. Heaven's provision for earthly survival. I'm living on the earth provided for by God. Not by any human being. Not by any economic policy. If you're talking about economic policy, the people that are formulating the economic policy of our country may not have it right. But my God in heaven have it right. And I'm working by the principles of the economy of God. I am giving. And it's given back to me. Good measure, pressed and shaken together. Remember, I bring my tithes to the house of God. I'm a cheerful and I know I will cast my bed upon the water and I will find it after many days. Good measure pressed and shaken together. I walk by the principles of God's word. I'm not expecting the economy of the world to bless me. The economy of the world cannot bless you, but the blessings of God make it rich and add it not sorrow. The lines are falling into me in prison places. I have a good inheritance. My God is my father. He's the spot of every good thing to me. Though the young lions will suffer and lack, but they just seek the Lord We never lack anything good. He will satisfy my mouth in drought and my bones shall be i shall be satisfied with the goodness and the fatness of the house and i shall drink of the river of his good pleasure hallelujah but you are there saying <laughs> if you are going to wait on the economy of this country to bless you you have so many years to wait because those who from later policies don't have it together another reason why we worry when our needs are more than our resources You want 2,000 Naira. You are supposed to pay for house rent. You want to buy a shirt. And a shoe. You want to give a good tithe and offering to God. And then you are worried. How can I? Your need is greater than your resources. There is nothing to worry about. Just do your own part. And God will do his part. You may take the precious seed and you cry about it. But just make sure you plant it. Don't eat it. In the famine, your precious seed may look like food, but it's not food, it's seed for you. Make sure you plant it. When our needs are greater than our resources, we begin to worry. As a husband, when your needs are greater than your resources, you begin to worry. As a student, when your needs are greater than your resources, you begin to worry. Do you know that Jesus Christ was filled with 5,000 people and he had only a little boy's lunch? What did he tell them to do? He said, tell them to sit down. I don't want any disturbance here. I don't want any crying. Everybody said, command them to sit down. First of all, tell them to sit down. Then he looked up to heaven. Where the source comes? I will lift up my head unto the Lord For when my help cometh. My help comes from the Lord who maketh heaven and earth. He will not suffer my food to be moved. He that keepeth his will not sleep. Behold, he that keepeth me will not sleep or slumber. My God will supply my need. My need, not need. Because the need of yesterday will not meet that of today on the ground. When your need are greater than your resources, where do you look? Look up. When Christ came to the sepulchre of sepulchre, sepulchre of, 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 of Lazarus, where did he look up? The Bible said he looked up and he gave thanks. He said, Father, thank you because you had me. Now in this time your resources are left than your need before you touch it, before you begin to eat it, look up to God. When Jesus Christ took the five loaves and two fishes in Matthew's Gospel fourteen nineteen, the Bible said he looked up to heaven and he blessed and he gave them. Where what you have, the little you have is blessed because you have given your tithes. I'm telling you, God cannot but bless you. Your needs are not your problem; it is the way you manage your resources that is the problem. Why do we worry? Another reason why we worry is so clear. because when the things that we expect do not happen immediately when the things you expect don't happen immediately then we begin to worry (laughs) most of the time we think things are supposed to happen immediately most of the time we think that it must happen today and that if it doesn't happen today it's not god whoever told you that god only exists to do it today god of faith is also the god of patience. Faith is to get it for you today, but if, faith, if it does not come today, add to faith, patience. God has done everything well, He has provided every other thing what we are supposed to add to faith, so that we'll be able to tarry. Hebrews 10 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. You have need of patience after you have done the will of God that you may hear the promise, yet a little while, and he that will come will come. Some of us worry because we are expecting somebody to be back. I mean, long ago, I always tell my wife, if I'm supposed to come in a day and I don't come, don't worry. Your worry cannot change what is happening there. What will your worry do? Nothing. So, just expect me that I will come. That's it. And stop worrying. Because worrying will affect who you are to other people. I'll come to that in a minute. Why do we worry? Because there is a delay in the fulfillment of our expectation. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope be maketh the soul sick a sick soul is a worrying soul when you worry you are sick inside you are allowing that force to lay hold on you and shake you up you are allowing that load on your body and on your mind you are allowing that thing to discomfit your internal harmony hope defied one translation says protected hope another one says he that puts off seeking at the heart Hope the fat maketh the soul sick. But when desire comes, is the tree of life. I know one thing. God will not reject the legitimate desire of his children. Proverbs 10, 24. The desires of the righteous shall be granted. Psalm one hundred four verse 28. He says he opens his hand and is filled with good. And in Psalm 45 verse 16, he says he opens his hand and he satisfies the desires of the living. Not only is it filled with good, but from that good, he satisfies the desires of the living. Why do we worry? Another reason why we worry, you know what it is? Because we use carnal weapons to secure spiritual results. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs nineteen fourteen, 14, houses and riches... Are in the power of a father, but an understanding wife is from where? From where? The reason why some people worry is because they are using carnal weapons to secure things that God gives. It's when you paint up your face and you dress like a masquerade, you are using carnal weapons to attract God's gift. It does not happen like that. An understanding wife is from where? An understanding wife is from God. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtain favor from God. You see, basically I tell people this. You will have a lot of worry to do when you dress, you manicure, you pedicure, you palm, you jericho, you do attachment, you do Oregé, you do Bob Marley, you do Bob Joseph, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and nothing happens. You use pancake, shin cake, enema cake, johnny cake, you use all manners of perfume danfulade, danjos, dan lago and you are trying to attract you see you are trying to secure a spiritual thing using carnal weapons carnal weapons cannot secure spiritual results except those whose eyes are not open in the spirit that we go for such things because the armament of a meek and a quiet spirit is internal It has nothing to do with satan shin, coconut shin, medical, pedicure, breads, beetles, anything. You will have a lot. You see, the reason why you worry is that you think you have done everything in the physical. And all you need to do is do nothing in the physical. Whatever needs to be is to be done in the what? Spiritual. Let me go on quickly because I have to round up. Another reason why people worry is because others are worrying do you know there is a worry that is contagious when martha was martha you know martha in luke 10 she was going up and down going up and down going up and down when she came to just he introduced worry to jesus he said do you not care that my sister have left me alone to serve he was saying are you not worried that i'm worried do you not care are you not anxious are you not are you not also fret are you not don't you feel what i feel do you know at times, husband can introduce worry to wife. Imagine if I come home like this. When I see, I begin to sing, When I think of the goodness of Jesus. And, and my wife said, what is happening? I say, Man only. <laughs> If my wife goes to the kitchen and says, hey, you. You to me later, I by you. And let her, immediately she comes back. She meets me like that. I said, what is happening? I said, I'm in the spirit. I will introduce she was ah, a dark, a dark <laughs> And before you know what is happening, if the children come to us and say, Mommy, said you. we are transmitting worry. I am the production center. I'm introducing it to her. She's giving it to the children. And the children will say, We don't know what is wrong with mommy, we don't know what is wrong with daddy. And before we know what is happening, worry has become common. So at times we worry because it was introduced to us. So you want say make oh. a little magic, only oh, 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 and you received it, and you received it, and you are, you are almost looking at it. So why do people worry? Because it's introduced to us. Another reason why we worry is when we find ourselves in unfamiliar environments. When we find ourselves in unfamiliar environments. Now, I want to say this to people. No matter where you go, no matter what time you go there, your God is there. There is nothing to worry about i know some people go to another people of man's country or another city and when they go to this city or in this country they begin to worry because the environment is unfamiliar i want to know whether it's familiar or not my god is there and my god knows everything and my god is in charge of every man and every woman who is there so some people worry because they find themselves in unfamiliar environment then let me give you one more reason why people are worried because they forget the past do you know that the thing you are worrying about today God has done something like that for you in past Today you are looking for house rent And you are worried you don't have the house rent Remember the last house rent That God provided for you supernaturally We soon forget Today you are looking for promotion Remember the last promotion How did it come? Today you are looking for another baby Remember the last baby How did it come? Was it by power and by might? you see if only God will make us remember some things that he had done in time past we'll be ashamed that we are worried about the things he has not done now you are looking for a new job the one you are on how did he get it how many of you went to interview you see at times there's this tendency to always think that he has done it before he may not be able to do it again he who did it in time past is willing to do it again and even do it more than he did it in time past can I have an amen yeah. we forget the past that's why you worry I remember when we had was it our first baby uh, or second i can't remember this one but the, that one did not catch it quickly and uh, one thing i used i say, ah, ah, ah nah 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 god who did it yesterday is still alive even if it is something you have never been before there are certain things in your past that indicate the power of god there are certain things that still show you that he's faithful and that he has never forgotten you five sparrows are sold for two farthings not even one of them will drop to the ground without your lord knowing about it the very hair of your head are numbered if today you don't have a car remember the last time he provided money for you for your business he who provided money for business is it a car that is too much is a car bigger than god so don't worry don't worry quickly let me end Close it in the next 7-8 minutes. Effects of worry. Effects of worry. Number one. We are going to look at the effect of worry on the person worrying. Mentally. I'm talking about mentally first. When you are worrying, the first effect of worrying is that it harms you mentally. You will become unfit. think and to act carefully. When a man is worrying, you cannot trust his sense of judgment. Your sense of judgment will not be right. You are likely to be irrational. You are likely to be unjust. You are likely not to look at things in the best possible way. You are likely to take whatever comes your way without looking at the repercussions of making those choices. Physically. The effect of worrying. Doctors have said that acid certain acids are usually secreted in somebody who is worrying and it causes the stomach I mean, worrying causes the stomach to secrete certain juices that are injurious to our health and makes us not capable to protect ourselves against diseases let me say it like this not to have worry is to be at ease Worry is a dis ease. You know how to spell disease? D I S E A S E S. So if you want to spell disease, you t- D I S. You move it this way. Dis ease, which means you are not at ease. And so, what worrying causes is a dis ease. You are you are not at ease. If you read Job seven four, it says when somebody is worrying, he will be he will not be able to sleep. It causes insomnia. In Esther six one, a king's spirit was troubled and his sleep broke from him. Daniel six eighteen and nineteen. So when you are worrying, it causes insomnia, sleeplessness, indigestion. Because these are the things that it causes for you physically quickly another thing that it causes for you spiritually is that a worrying man cannot maintain his spiritual vision and his desire for prayer and reading the word of God reduces because he has so many things on his mind he can't meditate in the world because the mind is already full there are so many things he's meditating upon he does not have a place for the word. his hand is full his mind is full his heart is full when a man is worrying it affects you mentally it affects you spiritually. It also affects you physically. And all of the ways it affects you is that they're negative. Secondly, the effect of worrying on others. When you are worrying, one of the effect of it on others is that you will not be the kind of person you are supposed to be to them. How many of you know that? When you are worrying, you cannot be the kind of person you are supposed to be to others. Again. Still your effect, the effect of worrying on us. When you are worrying, others will look at you and they are not challenged by your faith When you are a Christian, say, hey. you come into a one-bedroom apartment and they call you. Say John boy, go. go down. And you have just come back from church. What kind of challenge will that be to those who are around you who want to be Christians? God wants us to witness not only by our words of mouth, but also by our ways and actions of life. Remember that if you remember nothing. Three, effect of your worrying on the thing you are worrying about. The effect of worrying on the thing you are worrying about. Worrying does not make things better. It makes things worse. Do you know when you are worrying about something, that thing is not in God's hand. It is in your hand. you are worrying about your children your children are not in god's hand. once they get into god's hand you no longer worry about them because you will have cast them upon the lord psalm 37 verse 5 commit thy ways unto him trust also in him and he will do what bring it to pass worry does not help you it does not help others and it does not even help what you are worrying about for as long as you are worrying about it god will not work on it if you leave it and stop worrying about it then god will begin to work upon it then finally the effect of your worry on god your worrying is a challenge to god's reputation do you know that god hates it because when you are worrying, you are saying god you're a liar you cannot do what you say you can do i'm your child but look at how you have left me without care look at how you have forgotten about me a worrying person is a challenge to god's reputation somebody who is worrying is saying to god you have not kept your word to me you have forgotten to be faithful but god is not like that god watches over his word to make it good psalm 138 verse 2 says god has a way he exalted his word above his name in closing completely now what is the cure for worry cure for worry everybody say cure for worry there is only one cure for worry and it is peace the cure for worry is what peace but the problem is this how can i produce peace if we know that peace is the cure for worry how can i produce peace most of the time we know what can handle our situation but how do we produce what will handle it i want to give you six ways by which you can produce peace if you don't have it number one keep your mind stayed on God. Isaiah 26 verse 3 I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind are stayed on me. James 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he will receive anything from God. Samaritan 12 verse 7 He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trust in the Lord. Psalm 57 verse 7. My heart is fixed. Oh Lord, my heart is fixed. Psalm 91 verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Fix your heart on God. You'd have no alternative. Most of the time we worry because we are thinking of what the devil will do to us, what human beings will do to us. Remove your eye from human beings, remove your eye from your landlord, remove your eye from your circumstance. Put your eyes on God. I mean, proverb, I mean Psalm 25:15. Mine eyes are ever towards the Lord, and He shall pick my feet out of the net. Fix your eyes psalm 16 verse 8 i have set the lord before me he is on my right hand therefore i shall not be moved psalm 125 verse 1 he says "They that the trust in the lord shall be like Mount zion we cannot be removed but abide forever the reason why you are feeling that butterfly is because your heart is when peter came out of the boat what was he looking at jesus when he removed his eye what happened to him he started singing Many of our worries that our, we don't look to God. Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me and be saved all the end of the year, for I'm God and there is none beside me. Psalm 34, verse 5. We looked up to him on Latin, and our countenance were not ashamed. Job 35, verse 5. Look, look, lift up your eyes and look up to the heavens, and behold and see the cloud that is higher than you. The scripture we read, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. Fix your gaze on Jesus. Why do we have no place in you? Let them say 13 people died in an earthquake. 15 we are shot by arm robbers. Uh, ten houses got bombed because of petrol. Uh, the, the economy is collapsing. It's not gonna be on my head. <laughs> Fix your eyes on the Lord. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried away into the midst of the sea. When people say, ah, can you, oh, you say no. I will tell them not for me. Mm-hmm. Not because in any way at that time when I'm saying it, I had the resources. I remember a long time ago when we were in poly and the price of 504 was dropping up. Shush, shush. You don't know this 504 was, was, car. was jumping up, shush, shush. And somebody said, Hey! Where 504 is going, we will not be able to ride a car. I said, that is not for me. I said, I will ride car and cars and ride cars and cars. Now I said that even when I did not have a spoke. <laughs> Who was I looking at? The author and finisher. I would have been worried then. I remember the lecturers gathered and they said hmm hmm I said not for me number two another way of producing peace is to pray you remember the scripture Philippians 4 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the uh, peace Many of you who are worrying at home, come to all night. Come to all night. Be anxious for nothing, but it's not that it is not possible not to be anxious without praying. If you don't pray, anxiety will be your lot in the land of living. It will not only beset you; it will possess you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request instead of worrying about it let your request be made known unto God and the peace Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. Isaiah 32.18. My people shall dwell in the peaceable habitation. The habitation where those people are going to dwell is a house of prayer. Isaiah 56 verse 7. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations one thing about desire of the lord and that will i seek after that i may dwell where in the courts of god what do we do in the courts of god Psalm 134, verse 1 and 2 he says he says bless the lord O ye servants of the lord who by night stand in the house of the lord lift up your hands to the holy one and bless the lord that is how to produce peace peace does not come except through praying except through fixing number three way to produce peace by becoming familiar with your heavenly father many people are trying to have men of god pray for them your greatest the greatest answer to your problem is for you to learn about god yourself the scripture i'm using there is job 22 21 i love it It says acquaint now yourself with him and be at what peace acquaint become familiar with god and be at peace thereby good shall come. It did not say thereby you run after good. People are running after good because they don't know God. God is a good God. The knowledge of God attracts good into your life. The more you know God, the more good things happen to you. I was telling somebody this just testament. I see at times some good things happen to me. Somebody just comes to me, he says, please get three, these three shoes. Somebody just comes to me, he says, just get this shirt, get this jacket. Somebody just comes to me, he says, Brother George, I will do this for you, I will do that for you. And I asked myself, why am I doing that? God said, when you know me, I will. He said, when you have a friend, he does not need to beg you before he does something for you. You don't need to beg him before he can do something for you. And God wants us to be his friend. Can I have an amen there? Yeah. In John 15, 15, he said, I call you no longer servant, but friends. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. He said, but you, I have told you everything that I do. A common practice, worry, a common solution, peace. But how do you produce it? That's the problem. Some people think that the peace will just come. You see, good Jesus Christ, but this is how to appropriate the peace, the peace by praying and by acquainting yourself with him and be at peace. Imagine somebody sitting with Jesus Christ and the Lion is coming. What does he have to do any problem about in those days when the apostles follow Jesus Christ around? They did not have any fear to walk by night or day, because they were confident of the line of the tribe of Judah, the man who could bring money out of the mouth of a fish, the man by whom, through whom, for whom, and in whom are all things. The man who did things according to John twenty-one twenty-five. If all what he did were written, the whole library in the world cannot contain it. And they saw those things with their eyes acquaint now yourself with God. One of the things I have come to know is that I have come to know my father. You need to know your father properly. It will give you peace of mind. When you know your father, you will rest quiet. When you know how rich your father is, when you know how keen and how loving and how considerate your father is, when you know how considerate your father is, you will put your fears to rest. In those days, my father did not have much money, but I know one thing my father will not do. He will never but pay our school fees. When it comes to school fees or school matters, you can put your fear to rest. My father was an educationist and he told us that one legacy we give us is the education legacy. And he gave it to us. He gave it to us. My father spent himself and was spent on the altar of educating us. Education was the center of his life and being. Acquaint yourself with. Which is when you know God, some things that you are shaking about, you are wondering, hey, how will I eat? How will... Some years ago, God told me this. He said, several years ago you are worrying about food and clothes and shelter and house he said if i had showed you today yesterday will you not have been ashamed of yourself i said yes if god shows you your tomorrow there you'll be ashamed of this worry you can't sleep ten thousand i can ten thousand this ten thousand dollars in future you will count it like this and you give it to somebody else can i have an amen there amen. what is not allowing you to sleep now you will count it like this it and give it as a get, get. How many of you see yourself doing that? Get, get, get. As I was saying, get, so you were saying, instead of you, give it. It is not the 10,000 you need, it is how to produce the 10,000. That's where the problem is. But in our church, we are we, in the church today, we are only being taught how to receive cooked fish instead of teaching us how to fish. You need to be taught how to fish. Stop eating cooked fish. A man who gives you cooked fish will make you a slave forever. But a man who teaches you how to feast wants you liberated. Can I have an amen? Yeah. If you want to produce feast, please acquaint. Three things I've said: one, acquaint yourself with the heavenly Father; two, what did I say again? Yeah. Three, what did I say again? Yeah. Fixed. Fix it. Number four. I'm closing. If you want to desist from this common practice, say, "Come." How many of you know it's common? I mean even some of you are here, you are already worried about the food at home now. Worry about everything. Ah, my child is in the Sunday school. Hey, oh my god. God who gave your child to you is taking care of your child. You cannot take care of your child. It is through God's anointing and instruction and provision that will take care of a child. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to marry now because you see eh, I want to have a refrigerator. Even eh, what of you want to be after you have it and marry and the thief comes and bags everything. Will you say, Okay, <laughs> will not my already. Will you say that? god is a blesser he gives you wife and fridge and house and everything together if some of you have to wait until you can buy fridge you will not marry because you may not be able to buy fridge. with this your own belief another thing that you do if you are going to produce peace do what god says do what god says philippians 4 9 be anxious for nothing i mean philippians 4 9 the things that you have learned, received, had, and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So peace follows the doing of the word. James 1.22 Be ye doers of the word of God, and not hearers only deceiving yourself. When you accepted Christ, when you did the word of God, you received peace. Romans 5.1 Be justified by faith. Faith without works is dead, Remember? So when you do it based on the fact that he spoke to you, then you have peace. Most of the time you are worrying. God said, I don't want to worry. You are doing what God did not say. God said, I don't want to worry. So look at yourself and said, I'm not going to worry. Stop that worry. No, no. Jesus. When I started on this line, it was not easy. Without thinking, your help will just begin to go in there. That's how I do. Ah, no, no. Jesus I'm not going to think about that. No. I refuse that. I reject that. No, that's not part of my... God is in charge of that. It's in God's hand. I've committed to God. God will take care of it. He loves me too much to let me care. He does. He knows it will hurt me. He knows the devil is trying to harass me. He knows the end mother, and he told me not to worry. So I refuse to worry. I refuse to worry. I'm not sinning by refusing to worry. I'm going to do what the Bible says. If you do the word, you will have what? Peace. The peace of God. When you do the Bible... When you pay your tithes and give your offering, peace. When you pray, peace. Then the last two things. If you are going to produce peace, another thing you need to do is that you must believe. Believe. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Psalm who sings verse 12. Then believed they his word. They sang. Acts 12, verse 5. Peter was kept in prison. But prayer was made with that season of the church unto God. The very night they would have brought Peter out, what was he doing? Sleeping. Peter, why are you sleeping? Peter believed what Jesus said to him. John 21. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Simon, Jonas, love me more than this. He said, yes, Lord. Simon, Jonas, you begin to read from verse 15. Novels thou me more than this. And he said, yes, Lord. Simon, son of Jonas, novels me more. He said, you know, Lord, I love you. Then he said unto him, When thou wast young, you read this in 18, when you were young, Peter, you were able to carry yourself wheresoever you wanted to go. But when thou shall be old, one shall carry thee with soever thou wantest. Verse 19. These spake Jesus of the death by which Peter was going to glorify God. So when Peter was locked in that prison, he looked at himself. I'm just 42. Jesus gave me a word, a prophecy. That when I was young, I was able to go where I want. But the time is coming when I'm going to be old. Peter said, I'm not old yet. I'm still young. So God already told me I'm going to be old. So Peter remembered that and I said, I believe that one. You know before, whenever Peter speaks, whenever Jesus speaks, Peter will be arguing with him. Do you remember that? Yeah. Jesus said, I'm going to die. He rebuked him. Jesus said, you are going to deny me three times. He said, no, everybody. everybody, everybody that's him now. So after that, he learned his lesson. That whatever God says, what do you do about it? Believe it. So Peter said, I believe it. He told me that when I was young, I'll be able to go wherever I want. But the time is coming when I will be old. I'm in this prison now. I'm not yet old. I'm not yet old. You know, the prophecy God gave to Peter was that a time was going to come when he was going to become very old. And Peter knew that he was not old yet. So Peter did what? He slept. In other words, he refused to worry. Everybody was praying. And they were praying unbelief. And everything was in was unbelief. The man they were praying for was sleeping. And they who were praying did not even believe their prayer. Because when he came, they said, it ah, can't be him, it must be his <laughs> But Peter had enough confidence in what God have said. Several years ago in this town, they told us nobody can go to the world. Many of you here still believe that you cannot go from alone to the ends of the world. You believe that Lagos is very close to God. And that if you are ever going to amount to anything ministerially, you must locate in Lagos. Who told you that? You have to grow as a root out of a dry ground. Out of this I always say this and I say it with all humility I am one of the most vastly troubled ministers of God in terms of various nations in this country. And when I travel I don't go to Seladire. <laughs> and I did not take my origin from Lagos or Ibadan. Where is my origin? Oh, if I can go from here, who cannot go from here? That is to let you know that there is nothing in anybody's background that makes it a precondition for you to be able to fulfill the will of God other than the fact that God said it to you. Can I have an amen there? Amen. So God said it several years ago. I remember some people I shared it with. I said, God tell I will go to the world, go to the world. Say, how will you go? I said, I will go. I just believe that I will go. December 1991, I just believe that I will go. And have I not gone? Am I not going? Will I not go? In fact, my name is Adeboye. Go. (laughs) So what am I saying? When you believe his word, you come to a rest. Psalm 116 verse 7. Return unto your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. Have there not words God have said to you, but you did not believe it? You didn't believe it. There are many of you here God have spoken to about what your life is going to become.